Welcome to the Tech Post where we cover everything that's happening in the world of technology. I'm Shawnee Ryan and this show is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. We'd love to hear from you, so if you've any technology-related questions or if you have something that's happening in the world of tech and you'd like to be featured on the show, then please get in touch by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie. And don't forget that this show also goes out as part of the podcasting network from the Limerick Post, so you can subscribe to the Limerick Post podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, joined by Dave the Don O'Neill. Hi, Dave. How are you keeping? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, Dave. We're we've lo- we've a good few things to get through today, but unfortunately, I think the timing of this show is just a bit out because we're a day, maybe whatever, three days in total, but a day too early on this whole thing because we've got a packed week of events coming up ahead of us. And depends on when you're listening to this. You might be listening to this afterwards, but we're recording. Just the day before um, Apple are having their Apple Unleashed event on Monday. And so that will be Monday, what, the 18th. Uh, So, Dave, um, actually, when we covered the iPhone and iPad mini, etc. event a couple of weeks ago, um, I think at one stage we were talking about the fact that they didn't announce when macOS Monterey was going to be coming out. No, and uh, I uh, I had said at the time that I had a gut feeling that there was going to be another event later on, and I thought it would be late September, but we're in mid October now, so uh, not too far out. But I had a, a gut feeling there was going to be another event, and they mm. were going to announce the new MacBook Pros, which the with the M1 chip in it, uh, their own Apple Silicon chip, and that at that stage they would then say and Monterey is coming probably Friday or something or along with the the release of it. So Apple Unleashed is coming and by all accounts, it is to do with the MacBook Pros getting the upgraded chip, the Apple Silicon chip, whether it's the M1 or whether they're going to call it an M1X, because we are a year into this now. Uh, It was almost a year ago that they brought out the MacBook Air, Mac mini iMac I think was it or was it I feel a, it was yeah. I feel it was last year yeah late yeah. late last year but you know what what confuses me is well it's not so much confusion it's just the uncertainty of how they're going to model these processors because they're obviously going to upgrade them over the years and they're going to be they're going to need more powerful ones for the more powerful machines like the MacBook Pros yeah. so like is it going to be an M1X you're right or an M2 or you know yeah so I think if if the the iPhones and the iPads are anything to go by we're probably going to see something similar here, whereby each year when they when they went to their own chips in the iPhones, you had your A9, A10, A11, A12, I think they're up to the A15 Bionic chip now. Um, the iPad recently got the A13, I think it was. Am I right on that one? Uh, that yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yes. So um, they kind of go up along depending on the level of machine uh whether it's a a consumer device or a pro device and i think because we're pretty much a year into this now they're probably going to announce an m1x chip or an m2 chip and that is going to be what powers the pro version as as opposed to the m1 being in the imac 
and the MacBook Air, we're probably going to have something like the, I'm, I'm going to call it the M2 because it's going to be the next one. And that's going to be in the MacBook Pros. And possibly there, I'm, I'm hoping that they bring out a kind of a pro version of the iMac again, uh, which would be like the one that they announced uh, already with the M1 chip is a 24 inch screen. So I'm hoping they go for something like a 28 or 29 inch uh, iMac Pro with the new chip in it. So you now have two levels of iMac then you've got your entry level consumer one and you've got your pro business one, which would be for more for, I suppose, video production, etc., like that. Something that has a higher chip. So maybe- They have a bundle load of RAM for that kind of yeah. thing. So it's at least 32 gigabytes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then that means that by this time next year, because they did say when they first announced that they were going to go to their, their own um, silicon in the devices, they did say that it was a two-year project. Now, they announced it at WWDC, uh, which was in June of 20, was it? God, when did it come out? 2020, was it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. I think it was last yeah. year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, like, I, I'm, I'm going on the two years from when we first saw machines, not when they made the announcement. So mm. if you go from that, we're kind of a year into it, and it means that by this time next year, they would have their own chip in the Mac Pro, which is the very high-end machine that they only like. They only brought out the new version of it a couple of years ago, um, and anybody who invested in it back then, you're talking about starting at about eight grand for this machine. Um, anybody who invested in it, they probably don't want to obsolete those machines too quick because of the fact that. It, like anybody who made that major investment give you time to get your return on your investment before they bring out the new one with the M chip inside in it. So this time next year, then if we have the M3, say that that then would be something capable of handling the, the like a lot more gigabytes of RAM and that you would be able to, um, you'd have time to, to get that as your upgrade then. Yeah. Know, a few years I, after I, existing one. But, you know, I, I think we said this before, but, you know, Mac Pros are, well, they've always been known that they've, well, except for the trash can version, but they've always been very upgradable. Yeah. You know, everything is modular, just like in a, a PC. Yeah. So you can go in and you can change the RAM, you can add more RAM, et cetera, et cetera. But these M chips are systems on a chip, so you can't actually do that um, with the ones they've released so far. Correct. So I wonder what they're going to do for the new Mac Pros whenever they're going to come out. Hmm. I would like to think that they would bring out upgraded parts for the existing Intel machines that you could get, say, processor upgrades um, or GP upgrades. Well, like, the, it's, mm. it's so open on the GPU. I don't see stuff. that happening. Mm. Well, Motherboards I, I, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd like to think that they would, mm. but gut is that this time next year you're going to see them saying, and we've completed our transition by... Now we've got the Mac Pro here with the M chip inside it, and that's all our equipment transferred over to our own silicon. Uh, but I don't know. Never know. I don't know. I wouldn't feel too sorry for anyone who's bought into the um, Mac Pros of recent because one, they're still going to be mighty fast machines. Two, they're going to have a huge resale value anyway with the Apple right. logo on them. So yeah, well, no big deal. They're they're going to they are and are going to be mighty fast machines. 
for years to come yet. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And as an example, one of my everyday machines is a Mac Pro from 2011. So we're talking about a machine that's 10 years old. Okay, I've done a few upgrades to it. Uh, as you know, Dave, between uh, SSDs or NVMe cards, uh, RAM, mm-hmm. graphics card, everything into it. But it is still what I would consider a very, very good machine, a high performing machine, and that's 10 years old. Right. right, And plenty of bays for, for expansion inside net still. So whether it's drive expansion or card expansion. So anybody who has bought into a Mac Pro now in the last year or two, you're looking at still getting a good few years out of it. It's going to do exactly what you want as long as Apple support the machine in future operating systems. That's yeah, the key yeah. part. I yeah. think they're going to have to um, keep releasing uh, you know, compatible um, operating systems for quite some time yet. Yeah, considering that they're still selling Intel machines right now, yeah, that means that we are going to have to say that for the next four to five years, at least, they're going to have to still release an Intel version of OS X. Oh, well, mm-hmm. Sorry, Mac OS now, OS X. Uh-huh. Uh, the, old, uh, the old habits die hard, Dave, when you... They do. Uh, OS X. <laughs> <laughs> Mac OS and Mac OS 12 is on the way pretty soon. So look out for that tomorrow with the Apple Unleashed event, well, uh, depending on when you're listening to it, Monday the 18th. And um, if you miss it, you can go onto their website and have a look. Okay, cool. so that's the first thing that's coming on Monday. Tuesday... Google Pixel is coming out, and well, they've talked. Yeah. They've, they've, they've kind of leaked this already, haven't they, Dave? They, it's a, there's been a few leaks, and they've already kind of a, somewhat pre-announced it. Um, yeah. They haven't given now too much details on it. Um, now, uh, you know, but basically, it's going to be uh, you know a new Pixel phone. They're trying to get back into the high-end market. Yes. Um, so this is going to be a huge bump from. Um, last year's model, the Pixel 5, and the Pixel 5a that's uh, released in the last year. Um, you could say that, uh, you know, this is going to be their first kind of Apple phone, if you want to call it that, because they're making their own chip. So their own system on the chip called Google Tensor, and it's being made with Samsung. So they're doing what Apple are doing right now. They're, they're making their own customized chip. It's going to be heavily focused on AI and processing AI and stuff like that. It's going to... Um, it's going to help uh, things like your camera. It's going to help the camera yeah. be able to process images and stuff. Because Google, as you know, started this whole thing years ago where, uh, you know, they put a camera in a phone and they use a lot of software post-processing. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be the, the Pixel 6, which I suppose, um, if, if anything to go by, I've, see, I've seen the headlines again calling it the iPhone killer, um, which mm. at this stage now, the, they might as well stop with that kind of... Um, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no phone is going to kill the other phone. They all have their market share, and that's, that's it. That's true. Yeah, so that's true. You're not going to uh, knock and say, oh, "Oh, the whole world is going to suddenly become Google Pixel oriented." It's, no, uh, there's not going to be a mass exodus no. uh, from Apple. No. Um, not hope. Like you have your you have your two camps, and that's it. Mm. And it's pretty much the way it's going to stay for a long time. You uh, have your floaters as well. People will go over and back and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, it's yeah. not going to change the so, dynamic too much. I don't think. No. But it's going to be interesting to see if there's any features in it that are not in other phones, whether it's um, Apple or Samsung or 
OnePlus or anybody HTC anyway it's going to be interesting to see what they come out with on on uh, hardware on a feature basis anyway uh, I can't imagine hardware is going to have anything revolutionary in it uh, but features features sometimes they can surprise us with certain things so, yeah mm. yeah there, there's a few features I think but uh, as far as I know um, one of the leaks is that they're going to support the phone for up to five years of software updates which has never happened on an Android device before Correct. Google yeah. have never yeah. done it on any of their phones. They've supported it for two years of updates and one additional year security updates. Right. Well, that's, you know what, that that's good in terms of longevity of devices. If they're mm-hmm. going to start doing things like that, it means that people don't have to consistently buy new devices, which creates landfill of old devices. So that's good news. I like to see that. I like to hear that. So. Great. So that's Google Pixel, and we'll have lots to talk about that on the next show. We won't even have enough time in an hour on the, uh, on the next show, Dave, in, in, in those two alone. I know. And that's it's rare that three uh, events yeah. happen in yeah. two weeks. And the third event then is a surprise one. Samsung have come up with this Samsung Unpacked 2. Right? Part so, du. Yeah, so <laughs> part du. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we covered the Samsung Unpacked event a couple of weeks ago. And yep. now they're coming out with Samsung on Samsung Unpacked 2. And I have no details on what's going to be inside in this. I, I can't even guess at what's going to be in it. And I think I won't even, I'm not going to even look at the rumor mills because I want it to be something that I can sit there and just soak in exactly what they're talking about. Because yeah. I, I can't even but conceive what they're going to come up with on this one. Come on, we're, we're a tech show. We have to, we have to uh, you know, let you folks know what the rumours are. We have to do it. Okay, Dave. Well, okay, right. I'll, um, do you know what? I'll turn off my headphones and you tell everybody what the rumour is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So apparently um, it could be a Samsung S21, Galaxy S21 FE, which is the fan edition. So it's going to be a more souped up version of the S21. Um, that could be in the lineup. Um, also, a new tablet could be in the lineup, and um, Galaxy Tab S8, I believe, is rumored. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, it's a completely, completely a surprise. These are just speculatory rumors. All right, can I turn my back on now? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave. So whatever that was, I'll be delighted to listen to it uh, in the coming days and find out what all that's about. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. On those three alone, there is so much coming this week. I can't wait. Mm. It's going to be a tech fest and uh, there's going to be loads to chat about on the next show. There's just an overload of stuff. Uh, We won't be able to fit it all in a time. You know, sorry, just before we move on, um, Mm. I just want to mention, you know, because we were just talking about Samsung Unpacked and earlier in the year, they did this Unpacked event to uh, release two foldable phones, a flip and a fold, right? Um, There's a rumor that Google are doing the same thing that they're going to be making some sort of a foldable phone and that oh. um, the Pixel apparently, so the Pixel 6 is, is apparently going to be fairly reasonably priced down in yeah. 675 euros or something like that, I That's heard. Um, it was meant to be, it was rumored that it was going to be way more expensive, yeah. um, but I think they're saving that for a different segment. So they might be bringing out a foldable phone for the more expensive segment. Now, oh. again, it's just a rumor. Will they announce it on Tuesday? Who knows? Will they announce it uh, next year? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
I have seen a lot of rumours on um, that uh, on the Apple side of things as well that they've been investigating foldable phones as well in different form factors and um, patents being put in for different types of fold and how it kind of how it whether it's been book format like the Microsoft Duo or whether like it's outside folding screens or whether it's like the one the one either two separate screens or the one one that covers with a hinge and then a fold in the middle uh, so there's loads of different patent applications going in and that's going to be an interesting one to see as well um, I'm still going to go back to the phone that I want which is from uh, what's the TV show again, Dev? Um, oh, oh, I, it's in the, it was back in '99, wasn't it? It was the yeah. uh, 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 was it Earth, Earth Final, Final Conflict? Yeah, that's it. Earth that's Final it. Conflict. That's the one. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm looking for that one there where it rolls up into a little cylinder. So, <laughs> yeah, and they can definitely make a better version of that now because the camera on that one was huge. So um, I that that's what I want little roll out phone that you can roll it out to uh whatever size you want nice uh, like a blind it's like a kind of a roller blind thing but just in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> right um dave right okay so there's, there's going to be plenty to talk about next time around and um it won't be speculation at that time we'll have hard facts and let's talk about something that has been the best thing i've heard all week okay Can Captain Kirk went to space. Again? <laughs> Again, yeah. <laughs> it, this time it wasn't a five-year mission. It was a 10-minute mission. So 10-minute, yeah. yeah. So William Shatner went up with Jeff Bezos. Well, actually, Jeff wasn't on the, the flight this time, but he provided he did provide the rocket ship to get up. And uh, William Shatner and a few others got up into space and uh, just outside our... Do you call it the stratosphere, do you? Um, Atmosphere, stratosphere, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, they just got up into a weightless environment and mm. um, got 10 minutes orbiting the planet and back down again. So uh, I I just, I enjoyed it because like grew up watching Star Trek and William Shatner mm. and everything. And there's just a, a beauty to the idea that he would have ended up actually going to space. Uh, the man is 90 years old yeah, he, yeah he's, uh, because of that he has become the oldest man to go to yeah, space yeah absolutely so absolutely it's great to see someone who's not like uh, these people are going up they're not trained astronauts who had to train for years and years and years and go through all the rigorous fitness training and everything like that these are normal people who are getting up to experience space and I would encourage anybody go on to YouTube or go on to some of the news channels and look it up because uh, it, it had he, he according to him when he was interviewed after it had a pretty profound effect on him that you're looking up at the sky and you see this lovely sky that's kind of around us and keeping us here on earth and then when you get up outside it it's just black yeah and you look he was down talking the about the transition from blue yeah. to black in his window yeah, yeah. In seconds and it's just you're there and lovely blue sky overhead us and in in seconds you're outside it and it's just black and you're looking into nothingness and uh it, it kind of he's, i think he's to paraphrase him it kind of made him realize like how fragile it is down here with us that this thing that's this this atmosphere that's keeping us here on this planet so um uh, definitely look up he had some good words uh, so did. yeah, so but here's here's some, here's a here's a 
philosophical question that's going to make you feel really small. Do you ever just sit and think um, just how big the universe is and does it ever end? Is there an ending to it? Is it possible that it could be never ending? Um, yes, it is possible. And I have thought about this, Dave. We're going into philosophy now rather than tech. But <laughs> I know. I like, it <laughs> does make you realize that we're in a very, very unique set of circumstances to be here on the planet for humans to develop to where we are and one we are a drop in the size of an ocean right not even yeah and it's so unique that we're here and that we've developed technology and everything life to to the point that we have um and it's 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 almost a completely, completely unique set of, set of circumstances. But yes, yeah, when you think about it, especially when you look up at the night sky, you go, wow, we're the, we're nothing really in the, yeah. in the picture <laughs> of the universe. We are nothing. But we'll get out there one day and um, we'll see how, how we'll things the go. Uh, I, I'd love to actually, I'd love to do what... Uh, Captain Kirk has done. I'd love to get up and actually get up and experience that weightlessness and up into just outside the, st- the atmosphere and see what it's like. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping one day this will be attainable to everybody. Well, we've got some competition nowadays. Don't forget, there's um, obviously there's Blue Origin from Bezos. There's yeah. um, Tesla's SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's NASA, of course, and the other agencies, but also there's the Virgin Galactic as well, right? Oh, that's correct, yeah. So yeah. I think Richard Branson wants to make it um, possible to take passengers into space. So, you know, save up. Yeah. You might yeah. get there. <laughs> I'll start saving now, Dave. So let's talk about a few other things that's been happening in the world of technology over the last few days. Um, one thing we haven't talked about yet, okay, Facebook um, have had a few problems over the last few weeks. Uh, mm. I think the first one appeared on, was it October the 4th? I think was the first one. Was um, it that far back? God. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think that was the first one where um, they, 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 yeah, it was actually October 4th, where there was they were out for a number of hours. And uh, the the company said it was on a, a faulty configuration change. Now, with it, without getting into the exact details of what happened and 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 boring people with some of the the more technical side of it, um, they updated. My understanding of it, so uh, is in simple terms, they updated a configuration on their network routing, and it caused an issue which ended up dropping some of their networks off and dropping their DNS servers off the network, which meant that nothing could resolve to point people to where the websites were hosted. So it it, it affected Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and um, people just couldn't, they couldn't get to it, it just wouldn't load. And I mentioned DNS there a minute ago, and DNS is basically the telephone book of the internet. So if you were to go and look up in a telephone book what's a person's phone number and you get a number this is how the internet works you look up facebook.com it gives you a number of a server to go to or a bank of servers to go to so this is why um when this was offline everything because the 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 telephone directories were down nobody could get to any number 
So correct. Yeah. So that is is that kind of an an English way of putting it, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. The whole no that that when I was learning about DNS from the beginning, the whole phone book analogy was perfect. You know. Yeah. It's, uh, it spelled it out in its most simplest form. That's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. So. It, it just, um, I think they were down for about six hours on the 4th, and then they had a second outage on the 8th, I think, of October. Yeah, Friday the 8th of just October. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, well, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on WhatsApp, and I'm not on Instagram, so I didn't miss any of it, but I'm sure there were people out there. Uh, there was a lot of good memes going around the internet of uh, different yeah. things, of uh, people gathering outside their house to shout their stars status at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, people gathering in squares to, yeah. uh, to tell everybody else their current status or uh, mm. what they had for dinner. Um, so... Yeah, so th- th- effectively, again, we've talked about this before, Dave. It just proves with computers, with the internet, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. With any yeah. computers, there is nothing 100% reliable. And anybody who expects that they are going to have a website that stays up 100% of the time or their email working 100% of the time, it's not going to because if the likes of multi-billion dollar companies like Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon, all those, if they can suffer outages and can't have 100% reliability in place, then what chance does anybody else have? And you know what? Six hours, what does it matter in your life really? When you consider how small we are in this infinite universe. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah it it just goes to show there's no way to eliminate every single point of failure in any system no sometimes there is a single point of failure well there's always at least one single point of failure always Mm. yeah 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 and especially when you're dealing with humans someone's gonna make an error someone's gonna do something wrong so that's uh that's the uh facebook outage and exactly how it happened Human error uh, led to a routing issue which took their telephone directories offline, basically, in a nutshell. And it'll happen again in the future. Don't worry about that. It'll definitely happen again at some stage. Yeah. Right. Uh, Speaking of outages, uh, Dave, you had a bit of news about Microsoft. Uh, You were telling me about this, actually, before we came on here about Microsoft and their uh, DDoS that they suffered. Right. Uh, Yeah. So they're no stranger to DDoS attacks, which stands for distributed denial of service attacks, which means you flood their network with so many packets or whatever, so mm. much traffic that yeah. you're basically denying service to everybody because the, the network can't cope and it just grinds to a halt. Yeah. That's the idea behind a, a denial of service attack. But um, a distributed one means it's coming from different networks, different computers are gathering together yeah. like in a pack and attacking it. Yeah. And it, in this one, I think they used UDP traffic and they used some different um, mal-configured servers. There's a lot of different servers around the world of different devices that uh, do a thing called amplification um, mm. and, and reflection. And what they do is they will sit like a hacker can send um, a packet of information to one of these and it will reply back with um, a much bigger amount of information. So you spoof where you're coming from and you say hello and it comes back with 
an essay of information to you, mm. which amplifies the amount of of uh, traffic. And I suppose the only way we can liken it again to try and put this in English, imagine sitting in a pub and trying to have a conversation with one person and suddenly a hundred people come around you and start shouting at you, right? It becomes impossible to have that conversation with that one person in front of you because mm-hmm. you can't hear them and you can't make sense of the words they're saying because you've so many words coming at you. So that's what happens with the servers. They flood them with so much traffic that they can't distinguish the good from the bad. And I think, Dave, did you say to me that this was probably the biggest ever? Apparently, it's the biggest one on record. Now, think about it this way, right? You might have, um, at most, maybe a gigabit per second at home. At most. On on downloads. Some of you might even have 100 megabit. Mm -hmm. This this whole attack was 2.4 terabytes a second. Now, there is a thousand gig... Sorry, terabits a second. There's a thousand gigabits in a terabit. So... Do the math. Yeah. Two point four terabits a second is per huge. second. Yeah. Per second. That's like oh, <laughs> that's a lot, a lot of traffic. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they managed to kind of fend it off without without any downtime, really. Because um, there was yeah. a, there was a number of of attacks at them during the week um, at different levels. And as I say, the highest one was 2.4 terabits a second. Um, but uh, the like the different companies like um, CDN providers, Akamai and Cloudflare, they've all had their their different um, attacks over the last few years as well. Um, even in Ireland here at the time of the ransomware attack on the health service, uh, uh, that around that time, there was... Um, there's kind of a warning issued to a lot of the service providers and the broadband providers around Ireland. I uh, remember that, saying yeah. that they were going to put DOS attacks on all of them unless they prepaid a ransom amount. And uh, I don't think anybody paid. I know I, I am aware that there was a good few high amounts uh, of traffic to different people, to different providers, but it didn't take down anybody. I don't think they had the wherewithal or the resources to be able to properly attack. Um, it was more of a threat, a bluff more than anything else. But this one, 2.4 terabits, to be able to actually suffer that amount of of an attack and still stay up, that's actually, that's good going. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, no. Good firewalls. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fair play on that one. Um yeah. While we're on Microsoft at the moment, I do have another issue there. Um, The latest, you you were selling us the last time about installing Windows 11 on your machine. Uh, Yeah. So, Dave, do you have an AMD or an Intel processor? AMD. Right. So, are you aware of this, of the the problems with the AMD processors uh, relating to the cache? Um, So, a lot of them, like with their L3 cache in some of the Ryzen CPUs, that... Mm. um, Apparently with Windows 11, and there was another update that just came out, um, I think. Yeah, and I installed it last night too. Oh, did you? And Mm. have you been seeing, now I know know it might not be the same against all processors, but do you think you've been seeing any problems with latency on your AMD? 
No, look, I haven't seen any massive degradation in performance or anything like that. It's okay. fairly similar. Like, um, but then I haven't really been doing anything massively taxing. I haven't done any gaming yeah. on it yet, actually. So I must, I must check that out. Right. But uh, in general day-to-day use, no, I haven't noticed anything. And I'm, yeah. you know, I've got a Ryzen um, processor, um, so I'm basically the target uh, of yeah. of this issue. So yeah, um, so this has been this has been reported uh, across uh, a number a number of different forums that people with mm. AMD chips are seeing a fairly high degradation in performance with Windows 11, and the latest patch hasn't fixed that yet. So there can be a up to a three times three times degradation or three times more latency in. Mm-hmm. Um, in the cache performance of the chip. I did do some benchmarking, mind you, and my scores are fairly similar to those on Windows 10. So again, I'm, yeah. I'm not seeing anything major right. here. Right, yeah. okay. Well, this will be interesting. So if you do come across anything, especially when you try a bit of gaming, yeah. because I think it is performance related in terms of if you, yeah. push, if you, if you do a lot of high load tasks and put your CPU under a bit of pressure, Oh, I was doing that. Awesome. I was doing that in the benchmarks. Oh, yeah. I was I was running them for thirty minutes straight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe you're just one of the lucky ones, but uh, maybe if you maybe do, if you do come across that, you can Although, let us know. It's possible that it doesn't affect everybody, but it could be a case of maybe someone has done a clean install who, who might affect someone more who's done a clean install rather than an update install, which is what I've done. I just updated from Windows ten. I haven't done a fresh install. Um, mm. But maybe maybe it could be something to do with that as well. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. Could be. Mm. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one anyway and see uh, see whatever whatever else comes out on that one. And we'll keep you posted to let you know if there's any updates or anything that comes out to fix that issue. Okay, Dave. Um, I've something here I want to talk about, actually. Uh, we're, we're kind of bouncing around a small bit all over the place today, but uh, it's, it's no harm. Um, there, we, we talked the last time we were talking about um, the Apple TV show Foundation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's another one coming out in a couple of days time um, on October 22nd on Apple TV Plus called Invasion. Have you seen the trailer for this? No. Nope. Right. OK, I would I would definitely um, I would definitely recommend you look at the trailer for this. Now, OK, we've we've all seen loads of different uh, Earth Invasion, War of the Worlds type uh TV shows. Um, one of the one of my favourites actually being the original V from the nineteen eighties. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that as a kid being um, extremely uh, scary mm. and uh, it it put a, it put a dent in your mind in, into your memory about it. Uh, I love the the remake from two thousand nine as well. I thought yes. that was pretty cool too. Yeah, actually quite good. But when you're a kid and you watch these things, mm. it's, it's it's quite uh, put really does uh, leave a mark in your mind. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, Sam Neill, the guy from Jurassic World, um, you know him, he's the scientist. Have a, have a look, look him up I there. Think, I, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so you'll know him when you see his face. Um, so he stars in yeah. this, and um, it was supposed to have been out a good bit before this, but because of COVID, a lot of the filming got shut down. But it's coming out on... Uh, uh, 22nd of October so just a couple of days away and I am really looking forward to this when you look at the watch the trailer on this it's actually quite good it really looks interesting so and it, it I think it's more of a, a a human tales story rather than 
um, kind of aliens story. Uh, it, it's basically like if something happened and the earth kind of th- there's there's just so so much chaos and calamity and it's uh, tracking and telling the story of different people in different circumstances around the planet. So I think it looks really really good and I'm really looking forward to that. So I just wanted to give that a nod and a recommendation anyway. So that's that one. So Perfect. definitely Dave get on to that one. Um, there are some really good stuff coming out on the different um, different streaming platforms at the moment. I'm enjoying TV at the moment again. Uh, but uh, looking forward to the up to Christmas now because there'll be plenty, plenty of shows to watch. And uh, I have to say I'm, I'm really enjoying Foundation. Have you started watching it yet? I haven't. I'm, it's in my queue. It's in your queue. All right. Okay. I'll leave it with you and you can come back and I presume you've watched Ted Lasso, have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another great show. Anybody who hasn't watched that, definitely go for that one. Okay, Dave. Uh, let's round out the show with just a bit of a, a recap on certain things with um, what's going on in the world of ransomware, scams and spam and everything and a bit of a general advice. This is kind of one of my favorites, actually, because uh, we I tend to try and do this as often as we can. Just, uh, just hopefully... We can get something and if we can pick one person who gets a bit more information out of this and it saves them from being caught then it's a worthwhile endeavor so uh at the moment um i i the reason i, I i'm bringing it up now is because i got another um another message from aib the other day saying that there's a current tech scam alert going on and aib are issuing out warnings to people and they're basically you're getting in messages that you request you to click a link um, to review fraudulent activity on your account and uh, they're going to ask you to put in certain details about your account um, put in your one-time passcode that uh, you might have or um, a code that was sent to you to your through your authenticator app things like that so the first thing that they're saying here is never and this is key never ever disclose your registration number your personal access code or any other card information after clicking a link in a text message so they will never any of your banks will never send you a link that takes you to a page that says put this information in the only way you should be putting this information in online is when you have gone to the website yourself and you know that you've typed in like aib.ie or Bank of Ireland. Uh, I'm actually don't know are they Bank of Ireland.ie or Bank of Ireland.com. Um, BOI maybe I don't know. Uh, it's um, Bank of Ireland.com. So I'll just one second. Now I'm just going to say or Bank of Ireland.com. So. Uh, or, or any website, whatever ban- whoever you're banking with. So they're the two main ones. But it's only when you've gone to those websites yourself that you should put in any of your details, but never after clicking a link in an email or a text message. Uh, never put in codes that are generated by your card reader or any authenticator app that you have for your bank as well. And again, if these are requested by text message or by um, email, you never, never uh, put those in. And you never divulge your one-time password, password passcode uh, for card transactions. Uh, so if you're onto someone 
and say uh, you're trying to pay a bill and if they say to you okay i'm taking your credit card details now give me your one-time passcode you should never have to do that over the phone ever they no matter who you're talking to your one-time passcode uh, from your authenticator app or that's been text to you is only if you are on a website making a payment yourself never give that over the phone the person at the other end will never need that if you're doing a, a telephone transaction so there there's some of the the main things and they're saying if you've received a call uh, um, a fraudulent call or a suspected fraudulent call or a text message then uh, contact them immediately let them know um, they do actually like to know this information they look do like to get this uh, reported to them so the more yeah, you yeah and, and most banks have um, fraud lines don't they you can call up a, a number to report a fraud of some sort can't you yes indeed they, they do yeah so you can get that directly on their website there's also a great website called fraudsmart.ie right and I would encourage everybody to go onto that website uh, it's got loads of information about different uh, scams and different kind of uh, things that are being used to target people uh, how they're going about it uh, in both personal fraud and in business fraud so and there's stories there so you will read stories of exactly how they've done this and it the more you are aware of these things the more you read it the easier it is for you to spot when someone else is trying to do this to you uh, and there's loads of statistics on it there as well and um the, about the amount of money that's been scammed off people and everything so i would mm. definitely definitely go that that's fraudsmart.ie uh definitely have a read of that in if you're sitting down this evening and you a small bit of time go on have a read of that and make sure anybody in your household or any of your friends or family especially elder, elderly people as well because they can be very easily targeted with some of the more technical things like that um uh, get them to go on show them the website fraudsmart.ie or read it yourself and convey the message over to them as well so um so effectively like there's there's so many scams going around at the moment and a lot of them are very topical they will pick something topical in the news and then they will use that to try and trick you into doing it so unfortunately if you do get tricked it's almost impossible to get your money back it, it it's gone it's uh once it goes into one of these accounts the the holding accounts that the scammers might have control of they transfer it out it's gone across the world and it's very very hard for to get this money back so definitely definitely if you have any uh suspicion even a hint of a suspicion that this is a fraudulent call or um, a fraudulent email or a fraudulent text message do nothing don't respond to it don't give out any information and again i'm just going to reiterate those three things that um, i got in this uh, warning email is you never disclose your registration number your personal access code or any card information never disclose uh, codes from your aib card read reader and never divulge any one-time pass codes that are being generated for you for any card transactions as well so that's the main thing that's the main crux of all this so um anything to add on that dave anything 
measure. No, I think you you covered it there. Basically, if mm. even the slightest bit of doubt is in your mind, don't yeah. do anything. And don't be afraid of inaction. Like, don't be afraid, oh, if I don't do anything, the bank is going to take all my money and, and you know, or, or the cops yeah. are going to arrest me or whatever. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You Err on actually, the side of caution. Yeah, Dave, I was actually um, on a call to you one day on a video call today when you got one, of, or um, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, when you got one of yeah. those calls from a... I've had a few since. Have you? Yeah, oh, from yeah. one of those scam things. And... Um, I know we had a bit of fun actually like listening yeah. to them and seeing how far we could take them uh but then again like i suppose be knowing immediately how much of a scam this was uh we're kind of safe enough in how far we can take them and how much fake stuff we can make up on the spot for them uh yeah which is grand and uh, I, I do like to waste their time every so often because the more you waste their time, the means that there's somebody else not being scammed. So, Which is true. Yeah. yeah. It's a public service. <laughs> You're great, Dave. Uh, God. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm going to nominate you for Citizen of the Year. <laughs> ah, but, um, but it was like, uh, we could see while we were talking to them, we could see how people could be taken in by some of this because uh, I don't know we, we, we talked about this and we commented on it at the time Dave that everything they asked you no matter what answer you gave them they verified that that was the correct answer according to what was on screen right so if fake they name said, fake PPS number fake air code the whole lot and they said everything. yes that is what I have yes exactly <laughs> and they gave they, they confirmed it all this is exactly yep. yeah you're giving me the right information so um, it, that means that they're not looking it up they don't have that information but they're gathering it so the more you give them even if you give them uh, like a mother's maiden name or where you went to school or your favorite pet or anything like that they're gathering that information on you so that then they can hope to get onto your bank to try and trick that bank into giving you access to something because they have the answers to the usual security questions yeah so um and uh, like if they can do it online then it means that they have a couple of attempts to to try and get that information correct uh but it just shows they will try their damnedest to to get people to give them that information hand over even some of the basics uh like the rare code and stuff like that uh, yeah but it just means that anytime if don't be afraid to report this and don't be afraid like some people think oh i might look stupid if i don't go forward with this and give them the information um or question them no don't just if you think at all just means stop ask a family member uh in a business ask your manager uh mm -hmm. ask somebody else in the staff uh anything if it's something that comes in that pretends to be from a supplier then ring the supplier get their actual number ring them and verify it um in at home if there's anything ask another family member ask a friend or get onto the bank themselves hang up and phone them back get their phone yeah. number off their actual website and phone them back uh, don't take the phone number from the text message that you might be reading at the time or the email you got in because they, that could be a fake number that you're ringing back so go to their website get the actual details and contact them or go online and go for the live help 
Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah. Now, just to let you know, the, these phone calls all have a consistent format, the ones that I've been getting. Now, they've okay. all come from 085 numbers. So my guess is that someone um, in India or whatever have you has bought up a load of 085 numbers on Skype or something like that. Right. And they're using them. They're using a the VoIP line to call you up. Now, okay. what happens is you'll get here a robocall message at the very beginning. And it usually comes along the lines of saying that your public service number um, or something or other of yours has been used in criminal activity, blah, 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 blah. And that you're in serious trouble. And they'll ask you to press one for further details. Okay. If you press one, you get through to a live person. Right. Now, sorry, the robocall, I, I was going to say that the robocalls come in either with a British accent or an American accent. So they're not even Irish and they're talking about uh, public um, service numbers and stuff like that. It just sounds odd. Yeah. Um, then you get through to someone in India, it sounds like. Um, okay. And, you know, just if you want to fool around with them, fool around with them. Just don't give them any personal information whatsoever or yeah. just hang up. Yeah, it's all easy scam. thing. Yeah, that's the easy thing. I think I've been lucky, actually, because so far this year, I've received two of those phone calls. Right. Now, I am aware of certain friends who are getting two a day. Right. Not bad. That's not that yeah. bad for me, but and I'm the, getting uh, probably about one a week. Right. It's because I've had, I've had one or two friends saying to me that they were seriously considering just changing their number. Mm. And I suppose I was looking at saying, well, there's no guarantee that your new number won't be hit as well. That's it. You see, yeah. they'll always find a way to get that number. And... Hmm. You know, these guys, they get bored after a while. Yeah. Uh, they feel that, okay, they got to move on to something else. They'll target another country or yeah. something like that. So this is just a spike. And, yeah. you know, what goes up must come down. <laughs> okay, well, Dave, on that note, let's call it a day and wind down ourselves. So, all right. Okay, uh, Dave, we're going to have loads to talk about in the next show with we all are. these events coming up. So uh, looking forward to that and seeing what uh, what gets announced and anything. And hopefully there'll be something revolutionary. I hope it's not just evolutionary stuff of just the next version with faster and more colors. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Dave, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for that. I'll Bye. see you. Bye. Thanks for joining us here on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM across Limerick City and County with thanks to our friends from Wired FM. Foobar is sponsored by the Limerick Post newspaper and the music is kindly supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can find their great music on Spotify or on Apple Music. We'll be back again in two weeks time. Bye bye.